Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to Who's Really the Boss? Hey, well, thanks for having me back on part two of Who Really Owns Your Business? No, what's the name of the, the series? I already screwed <laughs> do, up, sorry. Do you own your business or does your business own you is the long title, but you gave the perfect shortened version of that. Yeah, it's too, it's too like I, I see on my dashboard who's really the boss, who really owns the business. That one's too similar, but well, Who's really the boss today? Let's Let's just give everybody a heads up on who's really the boss today. I don't know that I can answer that. If you want to answer that, I mean, I know who's the boss, but I thought we weren't. Um, I, I thought like today one was... day of the year that like, I'm really the boss. If it's my birthday, then I get to be the boss on that day. Make yeah. all the decisions, drive all the things that we do in that day. So I was going with, I'm really the boss. You really are the boss today. It is your birthday, which happy birthday. You're getting all the Thanks. love today. And you said, so hey, on my recording, birthday. I... <laughs> recording on February 25th it will obviously release after today. So uh, celebrating my birthday. And for anybody listening today, if you want to wish me a happy birthday today, that's fine too. I'll take it. I'll keep celebrating uh, through Celebrate the, the whole of this year. episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good call. I see I what you did there. But I don't want to be, I don't want to be the boss the whole year or every day. You, you can be the boss most of the time. It's a title that comes with privilege, uh, that you can easily, I can easily bestow upon you anytime that you wish. So, so much responsibility, so much. Yeah. But it is, it's a great birthday. Excited to uh, celebrate the rest of the day with you. And obviously these podcasts are what you wanted to do on your birthday. And so. It is. We mentioned before that this is the time that I know you, I a hundred percent know you will be listening to what I'm saying <laughs> while, yep. and we're together. So distraction free, right? So that's why this is probably my favorite activity uh, right now. What I think really is going on listeners is it's really crappy weather outside and Rachel <laughs> loves to spend time outside and we're not doing that today because it's the weather is keeping us indoors. So, um, Rachel's also a very, uh, driven and goal oriented person. So she knew that we had to record some podcasts. So I'm sure she'll be able to celebrate the rest of her weekend and month, I think at this point, and she's trying to take it all Q1 at this point because she wants <laughs> you to tell her happy birthday in March. So, um, yeah. It's, All right. Uh, okay. So <laughs> part two, we're going to talk about prioritizing, time blocking, batching tasks so that we can stick to that ideal work schedule. So whether that's ideal days that we then turn into weeks that we want to continue to reproduce throughout the whole entire year so that our our time, our lives really reflect what we wanted to do by being business owners. Yeah. And for those that may have jumped into part two of this without going back to part one, uh, and those of you that have done that, just recapping, 
we did go over ideal schedule, ideal services, and ideal clients. And it was very important to do them in that order because starting with that ideal schedule and kind of helping that frame out long-term of what you want your business and your life to look like, then you can kind of backfill, how am I going to get on that schedule? What type of work am I going to do? And then based on that type of work that I'm willing to do, who, who do I need to go out and find as a type of client? And there's other discussions around that with the type of team and everything like that, but definitely hitting on the scheduling. And this was something that we had to learn in our business because it was pretty much of you just get the job done, whatever's required of you, regardless of hours, you're going to record those hours because that's what our industry does. Uh, unfortunately, as a very big metric is time. But um, yeah, so schedule was just so blurred in the beginning. And we felt there, there was little tips and tricks that we found along the way through resources, whether it was podcasts or others we were learning from on how to have a, a better day and feel accomplished at the end of the day is really what it all comes down to. Were you able to check some stuff off your day and did, did it feel easier than, than not? And so part of that was the resources um, from others. So based on that, we wanted to share that same strategy with our team is really what we started to do. So this concept of time blocking was introduced and prior prioritizing is in there as well. That's a hard word to say today uh, for whatever <laughs> reason, but making things your priority. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about time blocking and how that was introduced to the team and just some, some easy tips to start out with. Yeah. So originally when we looked at our ideal schedules, we were able to reduce services or change completely service offerings, and we were able to reduce number of clients. So that really in itself reduced the amount of time that we were required to work, that we had to work to get production out and clients served. But then what we noticed was it's easy to creep back to starting to work a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more as you start to gain momentum on those ser ideal services and ideal clients. And so really looking at how can we do more with less or how can we do more in less time? And so started looking at the concept of time blocking, meaning just setting out blocks of time during your day where you do certain activities. So whether it's where you certain times of the day where you do your morning routine and night routine, those are easy, like to know where those go in your day, but to where you do your most, um, complicated or complex work, the mo the production or the work, the service, whatever you're doing that requires your brain power, like the, the most of your brain power and intellect to be in use, what times of the day, right? Do you have the best capacity for that? And then where do you plug in all the other things that also need to happen through the day? So really just looking at, okay, how do you even do that? First thinking through when do you function best? So different people function better at different times of day. I'm a morning person. I typically function better in the mornings. Uh, Marcus, what about you? Um, not a morning person. And I usually function after 
four or five caffeine drinks is <laughs> where I'm at today. Um, so As mentioned the, previously, yeah, we, to, we get to, that sonic fill, coffee fill, all yeah. of the things. I'm usually triple fisting, um, you know, like my <laughs> drinks. Um, but the, the thing with, uh, my, my best time of day is like 10 AM to, I would say 10, 10, 20, you know, like a short 20 minute block there. But sometimes <laughs> I can make that go through lunch to about 10 to two. And then I start to phase out really quick after, after three, you're not going to get your best, which is crazy because. I used to work all hours of the night and uh, I'm sorry that I wasn't giving my best to any clients that are listening. Uh, if you got an email from me at 12.05 AM, it was not my best. I, I, as an outsider looking in at you, I think that you have multiple times throughout the day. So like that 10 to two, but then I think you also get a little bit of, uh, re-energized from like, four to six at night. Uh, and then you used to be able to, I feel like crank out some stuff from like nine to 11 PM, probably anything after 11 PM was not the best, but I definitely think your scheduling is different now because we do some things earlier in the morning than you used to. But I would say you probably have two good time blocks throughout the day where I would say for myself, I really just have one. Like if it's not between nine and noon, <laughs> it's, oh, it might be scary. Uh, anything that I'm working on in the afternoon. Well, I'm glad 12. we sync up a little bit, you know, <laughs> uh, as far as overlap from best, uh, best output. So, well, let's just get, tell the listeners, what time are we recording these anyway? I think most of them have been recorded in the afternoon. So if you're not impressed with my mental capacity, that's why we need to start recording earlier in the day. Well, and today it's being recorded before lunch and that <laughs> hunger is driving us to hopefully stay on track and be a little bit uh, more intentional about our time here. So, okay. Well, um, so if this is uh, impeding my chance to eat, then let's get back. Let's get back to it. So uh, prioritizing is where we'll go next. So first thinking about ideal schedule is looking at when do you do your best work? Is that morning? Is that afternoon? Is that a block of time? Meaning 30 minutes to I would say two and a half hours ish that might be getting to your max where then you probably need to take a break and do something else. Um, but looking at those time blocks and then really looking at all of the things that you do during the day. So physically writing out, typing out, however you want to do it, but making a list of all of the tasks that you currently do in the day. So all of the things that if you didn't do them, they, they wouldn't happen, um, as a person, then separating those items into things that you like to do, hate to do. So practically, what does that look like? You can do like a T-chart and like to do, hate to do, and just put them there first, or you can color code them, you know, red and green, like to do, hate to do, and then, and then really find out uh, kind of all the things that you need to get done in the day. And Marcus, you want to share, like, what did you do uh, as far as what, have you done that activity as far as making a list or thinking yeah. through all of the things that you do in a day? And then what did you realize when you were trying to separate those out? 
one, I think you lost me at T-chart because I think your accounting <laughs> uh, professors would, and you didn't graduate with an accounting degree. You graduated with a business minor, but you did take accounting courses and you were in the same classes with me. So the fact that you use T-chart, that is awesome. You know, that that's a great blast from the past. So that's a teaching uh, tool as well for as well. organizing okay. and studying. So yes, I think as accountants we want to own that though. You know, like that's old <laughs> maybe school. I'm sure I'm sure education stole it from you. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, but no, I did I did list out what I was doing throughout the day, and for those of you that know me, um, I try to multitask. I don't do it well, and. I'm usually talking to you while searching something on my phone. Um, so undivided attention is something that I need to work on better, but it was very hard for me to really break out and list out everything that I did throughout the day. And my typical work day would look like I'd have a couple of screens. I'd have an email, my email always open on one screen. Once we started getting into Slack and Teams, I'd have Slack and Teams on at any given point in the day. So it's very hard to separate and, you know, have really good quality, dedicated focus time for any one given task. And so I think that's where you ultimately want to go. And so I documented everything that was kind of on my plate as somebody that's used to tracking their time in a project management system that's not hard to do by client but whenever so many of the administrative functions of running a business are there as well um that those forget get forgotten about and so it was it was hard there are resources out there that helped me uh, other than just writing it down on a piece of paper yellow pad um there are whole industries that have planners and I'm bought into that industry now with Michael Hyatt and some of his tools with the full focus planner. And so I think some of those give you a template that you don't have to recreate the wheel. And if, if you aren't creative, like we talked about previously, it, it may help to spend a little bit of budget and go get something not expensive, but that way you have a starting place. Yeah. So I think, what you saw really was that the reason you were working so much or the reason you weren't able to stick to an ideal day, there were a lot of tasks that you had on your plate as your responsibility, really. Uh, and a lot of things on that list maybe did not fall in your love to do list. And so talk a little bit about what maybe what were some specific examples or things that were on your list that you realized pretty quickly once written down um, were either causing you to fail at meeting your ideal schedule or uh, just stealing your joy? I think you change as a person and some things you enjoy at one stage in life aren't necessarily what you enjoy at another chapter. And so moving forward and kind of my, where I'm at in life and my career, I don't enjoy sitting behind a screen and, and knocking out the puzzle any longer. Um, you know, data input or, um, really doing anything too technical because I think I'm losing some of my technical edge, um, in my older years. And so with that, 
our day looked like you would meet with people during the day when they were available, clients or team members. And then at a certain point, the, the meeting stopped and you actually had to go do work. And for me, that work that was after hours, I would say after business hours, the production, that was a little bit easier to delegate to somebody else because it was just naturally how my day was working out. Like I just didn't have time to get to some of those projects and some of that production. And if people came alongside or were introduced to me on the team, they could do that during the day while I'm meeting with others. And so that's some of the, the stuff that came off of my plate. Um, there's other pieces of life that with like specific tasks that are hard to do that I did not enjoy. And it really came back to that puzzle. Um, I'm a, I'm a very gray in the gray guy. Um, and so if it was a black and white need to be black and white, I'm probably not the best person on the team to do that. And I like big theory. I like big planning and, uh, that's just naturally where I wanted to stay and, you know, have conversations with people versus, you know, putting it down on paper. Yeah. And I think that some of the things too, that were on that list as your responsibility were things that you did enjoy that they, they weren't things that you, you didn't mind doing them, but when you looked at the value you could add to clients or team members, if you were doing something else. So really looking at some of those tasks, uh, say going to ribbon cuttings and every uh, chamber of commerce event. That was something that you really enjoyed doing. You really enjoyed being in the community and talking with people and visiting and uh, all of that social interaction. However, if you were spending time driving to and from those events and then at those events, that was time that you were not spending with a client potentially. And yeah. so, um, so kind of what was the solution for you as far as once you identified the things that you were doing, but maybe shouldn't be in charge of anymore. The first question I'd ask is, should these even be before I just delegated it? Should it even be <laughs> being done? Um, like, is it important to anybody else or is it just something that I've always done? Um, it won't move the needle if it doesn't get done. And so that was something I had to ask before even the thought of delegation, which delegation would be that second step. If something was important and still needed to be done, um, then who could do that better? And I think you've, a lot of with time blocking and prioritizing the stuff that you enjoy, you hang on to easily a little bit longer than you need to. And so for some of those meetings, you have to ask the question, did it fill my cup? Like, did I come away from that more energized? You know, it was a, a great experience or I really enjoyed that aspect of my day, I'd probably say, yeah, I'm going to hold on to this. And there are team members on our team that don't enjoy the same things that we do. And that's why it, a team is great. And because you have people that truly do love the puzzle and they love the technical aspects of certain pieces of their job. And you want to empower that person to go do the responsibility that you aren't good at. And so the easiest stuff to give away is the stuff that does not fill your cup and that you're not good at. So that's the first step. And then once you fully mature and are starting to give away the stuff that you really enjoy, 
and it's painful for you to give that up, you've, you've kind of graduated to this place of health business owner. I don't know what you want to maturity, call it. For maturity. Sure. Yeah. And, um, maturity and Marcus usually don't go hand in hand, but, um, <laughs> full delegation on stuff is, is a very great place to be. And it, it takes some, some learning at first. It's, it's scary. It feels uncomfortable, but you have fully embraced it. You mentioned on an earlier episode that delegation is your superpower. And because of that, because Marcus is so great at it, part three of this series will be all about delegation. So please, if you're listening, hang in with us for one more episode so that you can understand what the options are for delegation. If you are a solopreneur or you are very limited on who you have at your direct disposal currently, that you don't feel like delegation is an option, uh, we have a treat for you. We have some options. We've definitely figured out some ways of getting some things off of Marcus's plate, off of my plate. Uh, so we definitely can talk through that uh, moving forward. So once you got to that list, as far as things that you're responsible for, next definitely need to look at prioritizing those items. So talk a little bit about what you did to help. Okay, here are my new responsibilities. What am I going to do so that I can make my, you know, make my day better, make it more into that ideal schedule? The, the easiest thing is just to number them off, you know, what has to get done. And then based on what has to get done, that's what you're then going to list out every day as priority number one. And in our team, in our we have we use Microsoft Teams here internally, and we have a, a channel called Daily Three. And so it's what are those daily three things for any one team member that they're working towards that they're prioritizing. So it's as simple as that. Um, if you look back on your day and you can knock out those three things before lunch, anything after lunch is just extra. And you know. <laughs> just getting you right for the next day or the week as a whole. So um, I think being specific on those also helps. And we would, we kind of get into a habit of just saying communication and that encompasses email, phone calls, team meetings, whatever. Um, but really listing out who are you going to communicate with? What's the topic, something that way you are, leaving the day a little bit more accomplished and then others around you. That's the other thing is it provides others around you the insight into what you're working on. And so that's why we do it. And that's why it's vis uh, visible throughout the organization. And that's, that's a tip like that took us years to figure out that daily three. And if mm -hmm. someone implements that and they're a solopreneur, your daily three, writing that down, number one is your top priority for the day. And, if that's your top priority, that's what you should be working on first. And that's what you should be not avoiding. And that's honestly what so many of us, uh, you know, it's something that we'll put off till tomorrow, but if it's your top priority and you've identified that, that's where you start. Yeah. And so I think just in a daily practical matter, a lot of our team, myself included, we like lists. And so we like to list things out and cross the, those things off. Uh, and so really when you're prioritizing or looking for efficiencies 
prioritizing to look for efficiencies and to look for best production in your day, you can uh, batch like items. So what does that mean to batch like items? That looks like working on things that are similar. So if you have certain programs or softwares that you work in, you're getting multiple things done in that one program before you have to close out and switch to the next thing. For example, if you're recording podcasts, we could easily come in and record one podcast every single week and then release it the following Monday. But efficiency Everything's already set up, uh, good lighting, cameras, the time is set out. So we're going to record multiple episodes at one time and then release those over the next couple of weeks, come back in, record again. Same thing with regular work. If you're preparing tax returns, you're going to prepare a couple at a time, not start one, then jump into maybe a payroll, then jump into um, an accounting, then respond to three messages from clients all at the same time while you're still in that same one tax return. And so kind of looking at what priorities do you have for the day and then really taking those and combining like items into uh, a block of time. So going back to Yes, it requires you to prioritize things in your day. It requires you to look at times of the day when you do your best work and then taking the items, only the ones that you need to be responsible for, and then finding specific times, intentional times of the day to work on those things. And so do you have a schedule set of when you specifically do um, responding to messages, production work, uh, recording meetings with clients? Do you have a schedule that you follow? Yeah. Um, so I'll share my schedule and it's not the same. Uh, well, it's, it's typically the same most days of the week, but there are some available time slots on other days that we've opened up. But you know, the beginning of my day when I do get to my computer after my typical morning routine, um, I'm following up on any communication, emails, team messages, just trying to check in and start the day off right. And then I go into a a time a time block before lunch. the The remainder of that, so let's say nine thirty or ten to lunchtime noon, and I'm available for meetings. Uh, on certain day, those are on certain days, those are internal meetings on other days they may be client meetings that are, are available on my calendar where a client can go in and schedule a time that I've set during that time block and then scheduling a time for lunch. You come back from lunch, email communication, what needs to be caught up on and then in the afternoon for me, I review and that's typically when I review and then if any comments need to go back to another team member i'll do that at the at the end of that review and then they can address it the next day and so my shutdown routine after review is typically emails and communication again to make sure and then there needs to be a, a boundary or a hard stop some type of mechanism to know that you're off for the day um so Whatever that is for me, that's used to be walking, uh, used to be, Hey, let's go for a walk outside, take the dogs, 
you know, down the street and back. And that was a good disconnect. Now the weather's a little bit colder and that's not as easy to do. So, um, but that's, that's my typical day. And another pro tip is we're office 365 and within office 365, there's a, a app called bookings and bookings is what we use. So clients, uh, can get time on our calendars, not only mine, but every other team member. And so that bookings link is synced to my calendar and my time blocks. And a client can only book a time to talk in that predetermined client block of time. And so I know that saying some of this out loud, people that are in an unhealthy stage of life, like I once was, and just you're on all the time, you drop everything and you're just putting out fires all day long, which you can schedule a time to put out fires. If you're the firefighter, do that and say, I'm going to get to that in, in this dedicated amount of time to go put out fires. And maybe that's your communication block or whatever, but it may sound lazy to some, or it may sound like you're not giving your full effort, but being intentional will sustain you much longer than jumping around and putting out fires all day long. Yeah, for sure. And what we saw in Dillon CPAs, we pride ourselves on being very responsive to clients, to each other. And what we see is that when you're I'll say too responsive, like I think that that is a thing that you can respond too quickly to people and be too available, meaning you can't get their work done because you're constantly responding to somebody in real time. And so what that looked like at the end of the day for our team members is they were exhausted by the end of the day and didn't have the output to show for the amount of effort that they were putting into the day. And so I think it's, we have just set new expectations and boundaries in Dillon CPAs that you do not have to respond immediately within five minutes or within one hour. You can set specific times of the day when you're going to respond to and take care of messages. We also have procedures in place when it's an emergency and it does need to be responded to. Um, and typically those are not client or work emergencies. Those are typically more personal emergencies that you need a response from somebody because usually anything within business, it really can wait an hour or two hours until your dedicated time for communications. And so just like you said, I set up my day similarly and feel that it works pretty well to have a time at the beginning of the day where we have I have three different platforms of communication that I'm checking and not necessarily responding to every single one of those at that time, because I give myself a cutoff time. Like I can do this for 30 minutes. I need to triage these messages, make notes of who I need to respond to or finish something later. And then the ones that are top priority get to the correct people or get called back within that 30 minutes so that I can start my productive work because I know that after 12, 1230, uh, it's not going to be as great mental capacity for me to continue working. And so I just really, as far as being responsive, set times throughout the day. Um, first thing, when I come back from lunch and then right before I log off at the end of the day to response and really triage messages, meaning get those to the right people just because they came to you does not mean you have to be the one 
that responds or handles or, you know, fixes, finishes, whatever it might be, that's another good time that you can likely delegate to a more appropriate person who can probably handle it faster and better because that's already in the tasks that they're doing at that time. Yeah. Email is a big one that people have problems with and email now teams or Slack communication phone. Um, some people still have a problem with phone. My, my phone line is always on do not disturb. Um, that's pro tip. You know, I feel guilty kind of saying that, but, um, I hardly ever answer a phone live. If I do consider yourself lucky. Um, and the reason why, and it's almost the same can be said for email and Slack or teams. Um, I, I kind of think about those messages, those incoming calls or messages as grenades and someone's throwing a grenade from their brain to me. And is that grenade going to go off in my hand the minute I open it and blow up the rest of my day, the rest of my week, or am I going to be able to finish what I was working on? get to a place where then I can properly address what that other person needs or is going on. And this is outside of emergencies. Um, emergencies happen and, but email and other forms of communication, I, I started treating those just like active grenades that could potentially go off and not even from a, it, it, it wasn't even, imposed by the other person, but I, but I, and then other people on the team put that pressure on ourselves that they need an answer immediately. And I'm going to go do that. And I can put anything else that I'm working on off to the side because I've got to get back to this person so fast. And so, um, that was something I thought about, you know, still kind of think about it, but, um, you know, now it's a little bit more hot potato versus grenade. It's more delegation. And so hopefully I don't blow up a team member um, with delegating it, but um, it really goes back to who is the best person to help now. Yeah. And you said something really good that on those messages on your phone, it's on do not disturb. So you can try to be really disciplined and ignore notifications, but an easier way is to silence those notifications during the times that you're trying to do productive work. Uh, that could look different for every every person, what, it, what requires the most of your mental capacity, but allowing that time of one to two and a half hours of dedicated work time without interruptions is so beneficial. And just increases your efficiency and productivity. And if you think about it, okay, if I don't respond to this message and I get to leave and go home with my kids 30 minutes earlier, or I am not late to that performance or picking somebody up because I put that, it, it makes it a lot easier to put it into perspective of, did I really need to answer it at that minute or could it have waited and I could have been more efficient in what I was doing prior to that? The, the other thing that always came to bite me um, was when I would respond too fast and then the other person responds right back. And then you kind of have a conversation. That's not the easiest way to have a conversation through email. And so you're kind of waiting, seeing how they're going to respond and are they going to immediately come back with something and you're kind of, so that's not healthy either. You know, like that's just, if, if that's the case, pick up the phone and call somebody 
or if you've got some type of instant messaging um, system for internal, then do it that way. But yeah, email is is typically not only like yours and my, but other team members' biggest hurdle in being productive throughout the day. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I thought you were going somewhere different with that. I thought you were going to say that you respond so quickly and then you realize that there was more to your answer oh, or even too. a better answer. Yeah. And so that's also what we found sometimes if you're busy doing something and you think, oh, I'll just quickly respond to this, you may not send the best answer or you may not have described it appropriately because you just went too quickly. You were moving too fast. Whereas if you have a dedicated time to get something done and you're focused on that, you probably give a better response. So whether it's how the client perceives it or whether the actual information is just better quality, uh, it's it's better to intentionally set aside time to do things rather than trying to do too many things at one time. Yeah. It, a great example of that is writing the perfect response email and forgetting to attach the document, you know, or, um, <laughs> uh, in my life where I'm at now, you know, as far as helping, helping other team members serve clients appropriately, writing a perfect email and saying, Hey, I'm CCing or looping in so-and-so. And then I forget to do that, you know? And so, it's, um, you know, it's okay to stop, pause and send the best response with the best people on that email versus trying to get it out too fast. So, well, I think it's been a great conversation. I've, I, I love efficiency and productivity and doing more with less. That's, I mean, that gets me excited. It probably doesn't get everyone excited, but if you get more time back to do the things that you really enjoy, then maybe it'll get you excited. So this has been a great conversation. Yep, for sure. And I think the word you're really looking for is effective. Effective, because um, sure. it, it loops in efficiency, productive, and um, I mean, sometimes something... I just want to get things done. <laughs> yeah. Then that, yeah, I don't know what that's called. It's, uh, it's probably not appropriate for Efficient. this podcast. Yeah. Efficient. All right. Well, uh, the next conversation about delegation from, uh, from me and you, it'll be a, a good one for sure. I think it's going to be all you. I don't even know if you need me on that one. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll let you come back. <laughs> all right. Bye. See you.